This is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning, a no-sports Sunday morning, or or so they say, but we got action. We got it in Turkey, and later on, I'm going to give you my favorite bet of the day, and that's going to go down in Mexico a little bit later this evening. So stick with us, 713-780-3776, at Moneyline975. If you want to hit us on Twitter, catch us on Twitch, or go ahead and text us at that same number, 713-780-3776. We're talking free agency right now. We talked a little bit of corona to start the show, but we can't make this a corona uh, hour, right? We're not going to hear for that. So what we're going to do here is keep talking about football because the CBA passed, which – was a gift for us today, yeah. this morning, gave us some news. And then it also gives us a chance to touch on certain players, especially here in Houston, that got question marks with them. Well, the question mark turned into a statement this week with one Jonathan Joseph and the Texans, uh, I guess they said mutually, yeah. agreeing to go their own ways. What do you think about that? I mean, it's the right move. And, you know, I want to thank J. Joe. He gave us a number one corner for a lot of years. You know, great guy, great player. It's, you know, it's just time to move on, you know. Father time comes for everybody, and I, I think he still wants to play. And It's just, you know, the injuries have kind of mounted up for him as, as he's gotten a little bit older. But, man, what a great signing that was. He was a great Texan for a lot of years. You know, really was that lockdown guy at corner when, you know, and we've seen what that looks like now that Jonathan Joseph's a little older and we don't really have that guy on the Texans roster anymore. You know, a guy that you put on the number one receiver for the other team and, and he does a good job holding him down most of the time. So, you know, we're going to miss him as fans, but, you know, it's time to move on. They got to find a new number one corner. I don't know if Bradley Roby's going to be back. Chris Harris, they're talking about, you know, maybe he's an option for you. You know, Lonnie Johnson was a second-round pick last year, and he had some good moments. He had some not-so-good moments. You know, against Travis Kelsey, he wasn't great in the playoffs, but I have heard that he rolled his ankle early in that game. So, you know, I don't you know, want to make excuses for him, but, you know, if you do hurt yourself and you're covering Travis Kelsey, that's going to be a tough cover. It's a tough cover regardless. So maybe he bounces back and shows some improvement, and I bring him up because – the Texans, the first pick they have is a second-round pick, and Lonnie Johnson was a second-round pick. So if they're looking corner, you know, that that's where they're going to have to select from. And, you know, I heard our own Lance Zerline, he breaks down the draft. He, he doesn't see a lot of corners that are going to be there towards the back end of the second round that he thinks can be impact players quickly. So I think they're going to have to address this through free agency. They're going to have to do a lot through free agency. They just don't have a ton of draft capital. Hearing you speak, though, it gives me deja vu of last season, though, because we're pretty much in the same predicament. Offensive line, tons of still question mark. Yeah, a lot of change, and he's at least on the roster, but you still don't have that solidified for the future. Now, defensive back, that's still in question now. Big Why? Time. A lot of one-year deals, though. A lot of prove-it-to-me deals, and some guys didn't prove it. Some guys prove it and want to go other places. And then another question mark that we spoke about last year and another prove-it-to-me deal, or not so much prove-it, but a short-term deal, and Carlos Hyde comes up into the conversation. Yeah. And the serviceable, highly serviceable Carlos Hyde at 4.4 yards per carry, that's what he did. That's a running back that can fit into many rosters, and now that it comes to for free agency, 
He's saying he wants to test the market. He does, and you can't blame him. And now that it looks like he made the right choice because now that we know the CBA is is good to go and there's going to be all this extra money, teams are going to have more money to spend on players like him. And looking at his stats here, this would probably surprise a lot of people. This season with the Texans is the only season he's rushed for over 1,000 yards in his entire career. He came in the league in 2014, you know, and, you know, he was a – he was a prospect that you know a lot of people were high on, and he's a good player. He's just been banged up a lot, so I think this might be for the best for the Texans here because I just don't see him having another career year and being able to carry the ball 245 times like he did last year. You know, I just, I just that worries me a little bit. If you've only rushed for a thousand yards once in your career and you've been in the league since 2014, that's not a guy I want to pay for. I might look towards the draft. A lot of people want Melvin Gordon, but he's going he's gonna to cost a lot. I, I, but it worries me. If you take a guy in the draft, you're probably going to have to go in the, you know, the third or fourth round. And you know, as a rookie, who knows if that guy's ready to produce. You still have Duke Johnson on the roster. Speaking of Duke Johnson and his catching abilities, is there any interest for one Deion Lewis, another running back that we know he's not a three-down guy or – we don't expect him to be, and they didn't use him as that in Tennessee. But remember, he got paid, and he's going to leave again coming off that career year in New England where they were using him a ton, and he finally started showing that he could run between the tackles. Well, shortly after, he's going. He's got to he, – you ain't got to go home, but you got to get out of here is what the Titans said because we got to sign Henry. Right, they and need he's that so big, He's so big that you, we need space. So you got to move around, Deion Lewis, but – Somewhere out there, there's a need for Deion Lewis, especially the the third down specialist that he can be. No doubt about it. You know, and it's funny with the Texans. I wonder if they would consider finding a cheaper option to be that third down back because Duke Johnson's going to make over $4 million this year. And then next year, he's going to make over $5 million. And to pay that much, when you need to pay Tunsil and Watson, to pay that much for a third down specialist back, don't get me wrong, I like Duke Johnson, but... I mean, he's only, he only gets about 10 touches a game, you know, and to be paying a guy four or $5 million a year for 10 touches a game, that seems, you know, a little high to me. And, but here's what you got to worry about. They gave up a third round pick for him because he ended up playing, you know, X many of starts that they had to give that higher draft pick. So, you know, you look really bad if you trade a third round pick for a guy and then cut him right after that. I mean, you know, I mean that I don't think O'Brien's going to do that. It'll make the move look bad. And, and I don't think he's about, you know, shedding some light on some poor decisions he's made. You know, as a GM, you really have to you have to wonder. It feels like this is just going to get worse. Now, with Deion Lewis, just to kind of close that off, if you think about that 2017 season when right before he left and he had 180 carries, which for him, that was a ton. He, he used to be a guy that never broke, uh, what, 65. So he did 160 carries. 900 yards pretty much and six touchdowns, but he came at a large price, over $4 million a year for the Titans, which as Derrick Henry progressed and became the workhorse, and you even saw him being able to catch out of the backfield. So Derrick Henry or or Lewis only played 39% of the snaps last year, and he was still getting paid that money. It was time to let him go, but you said the same thing about Duke Johnson, and you're thinking, man, he he doesn't even have double-digit touches. Right. It's hard to justify paying somebody, especially when you know you're going to have to commit so much money to, to two or three guys. And we haven't even talked about Zach Cunningham. They, you know, Bill O'Brien came out and said he definitely wants to get him signed when he spoke at the combine, which I think he should. You know, he's really the only 
starting linebacker you have that can cover anybody. You know, McKinney's not that guy. He's just a downhill thumper. So you need Cunningham to come back. It's it's going to be rough on defense going forward for the Texans. You know, they're going to have their new defensive coordinator. We'll see how Weaver does. But, you know, Gary and Conley right now is your number one corner. That's scary. You know what I mean? And and who? what if Brady does go to the Titans and you, you'd have to face him in this division? You know, that – you have to worry about that a little bit. I, I'm concerned. I, I know the Texans have, you know, they keep winning these division championships, but you know, you keep making bad decisions. It, it's going to change quickly. I, I, the Titans, you know, they may be here to stay. Now, sticking with free agency and teams that should be or shouldn't be worried about their quarterback position. Drew Brees came out and said he's clearly he clearly staying in New Orleans and he's ready to make a team friendly deal. Because winning is the most important thing to him at this point of yep. his career. The Saints faithful takes a deep breath. Hey, let's get it again because that's what you want. Now, someone like Brady that's made team-friendly deals for so long, and now he's thinking, I do want to win, but at the same time, I got to get paid. Now, Breeze, he's on the opposite end because he's had teams. It seems like the if when we think about Breeze, what's, what are we going to think about him? Because obviously, he, yeah, he sits in different because he holds those records, those, those, sure. those, those historic records. But outside of that, as far as what he was winning successful-wise, it's going to be like, man, he had some great regular season teams and they could never get over the hump. That's true. basically what it's going to be. It, and this was one of those years, right? When he was healthy this regular season, he was great. But, you know, that, that playoff game, he was not very good. He made some interceptions that ultimately cost them the game. You're bringing me back to yeah. that bet. You know, I know, right? That was a tough – but that was that deep ball he threw into double coverage that got picked, and that swung the game. And then in overtime. Yeah. Or, so, or that last drive. Remember where you threw that, that bone pick? Yep. So, you know, you have to – look, you bring Breeze back if you can. Give it one more shot. He gives you your best chance to win. And you like that for, you know, Michael Thomas and for Kamara. I don't know if you saw this, but Alvin Kamara came out, I believe it was this week, and said – you know, after that high ankle injury that he had where he missed a couple games, he said he was only like 75% for the whole rest of the season. And that makes sense to me because he didn't look quite as quick, you know, as you know, they were as explosive as he typically does towards the end of the year. And remember, we saw him get in the end zone a lot around week 15, week 16, because we noticed that for fantasy, like, hey, at least Kamara's bouncing back. But he still didn't quite look like himself, even in the playoffs. So going into next year, I think that's something to remember that Kamara is still a really great player. It's just, you know, he was playing hurt. So I wouldn't sleep on him. I think he's definitely worth a first-round pick next year. I'm still curious to see how he works as far as the whole season being on his own, you know, because this was the first year that we got to see him without an Ingram. And then I wanted to see him. I I hate to hear that he wasn't 100% because then do we take this with a grain of salt? Do we kind of say, well, let's give him another year. So we'll have to see at least a two-year sample to say – Man, maybe he's not a three-down guy. Let's. Uh, he needs another guy to kind of take that that pounding off of him because that's what Ingram does. At the end of the day, that's what he did. And if you have a backfield that has two running backs, and that's why I kind of liked what the Texans had with Hyde showing that he could run between the tackles. He impressed me last year. Yeah. But then you never really got to see Duke go. You you no. never really got to see him. What happens? Did when did you recall seeing Duke Johnson in space? You know, let's run some screens, and it just it was never that. When you saw Duke Johnson out there, you usually knew what it was for, and then he really wasn't even getting the ball. 
No. I mean, the, the only Duke Johnson moment you're really excited about was that third and long that helped them win the Bills The game. moment. But yeah. other than that. Yeah. Other than that, I just didn't feel like he touched the ball enough. And, you know, and back to the Saints, they did have Latavius Murray. But to your point, they weren't really using him much until Kamara got hurt. You know, and then they started working him in a that little bit. That big game, yeah. Yeah, and they started working both of them together a little bit later in the season. But it took a Kamara injury for that to happen. But I will say, as far as the wear and tear on Kamara about taking the hits, at least it was a high ankle sprain. So it wasn't like his body just couldn't take the pounding. He just kind of got unlucky and rolled his ankle. And someone like him that's a change of direction, right. change of speed guy, the ankles are everything. Yes. So that thing that separates him, that ability to be able to get and go with change acceleration pace, once you're 75%, you lose that 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 advantage that you had on everyone. Yep. Your advantage here, though, for 45 minutes, I'm about to drop a Mexican play. Go ahead and get your corona. No, 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 no. Don't do that. <laughs> Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You can take my tax and send me to war, but can't feed me. It's so easy to regret things after they done. Babies catching cases, scared to laugh in the sun. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. It must be the money on a Sunday morning, and usually we bring a lot more of that. But we're on a sports hiatus in most of the world, and we say mostly because we do have Mexican soccer. Get ready for that bet. I have a max play, not just because that's the only thing to bet on, but I feel real confident on this one play, and we're going to get to that before we get out of here. But let's get back to just a little bit of uh, – we've talked a little, a little bit about free agency, a little bit of corona, and we uh, we talked about it in a serious matter. But what did you make of – I want to laugh at this, and there's not much to laugh of this coronavirus, but – do you feel bad for that guy that bought all that hand sanitizer and that was trying to price, guy, uh, price gouge people? Because supposedly he had 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer. Amazon, eBay, cracked on, uh, cracked down on it. Now he's stuck with a lot of it. Do you feel bad for him? No, of course not. You know, he's clearly just trying to price gouge people. And, you know, look, he saw an opportunity and this is America. But at the same time, it's like, you know... I don't know, it just feels like a scumbag thing kind of to do to buy up all the sanitizer and then try and charge way more than than it's worth and just hoard it all. You know, I'm not a fan of it. But look, people are going to do that kind of stuff. Desperate times. Some people are going to look to, you know, get some personal gain out of it. But I'm glad people are calling him out and it's out there. And glad at least eBay put a stop to it. He had these bottles listed, over 300 of them, anywhere from $8 to $700. Yeah. So... His thinking, and listen to this guy, quote, it's been a huge amount of whiplash from being in a situation where I've got coming and could have potentially put my family in a good place financially. So he's thinking that they got over on him. So he says he doesn't believe he's price gouging because while he was charged, while he charged 20 on Amazon for the two bottles that retailed for a dollar each, he said his price includes labor, Amazon fees, and shipping fees. And if you ship... Alcohol-based sanitizer, it's more pricey than shipping regular liquids because it's considered a hazardous material. Interesting. Okay, so he has to pay at least $10 per these shipments 
He's saying these current price gouging laws aren't built for today's day and age. <laughs> I just got a text into the show. Sanitizer guy is an asshat scumbag. I think that about sums it up right there. I, I don't know, man. I And I saw that report. But look, we see it around town, right? You can't tell me that everybody that's going to HEB right now is buying just the sanitizer for them. They're hoarding. They're, they're grabbing three or four times more than they actually need. And it is nice, though. You, you're seeing HEB and some of these other stores, you know, kind of step in and set limits on toilet paper and set limits on sanitizer. But, man, people are freaking out a little bit. I just the times we live in, right? Like how much things have changed just in the last few weeks. It's incredible. Now you've seen people get stabbed wine bottle. You saw that. Did you see that video? They show a fight go down at a, I guess they were fighting over toilet paper. All of a sudden somebody gets stabbed. It's it's like, what are we doing here? We see these kind of things on black Friday and we laugh about it. And then now you're thinking for toilet paper and things of this nature and something that we're considering a, a national, a, a worldwide problem, and now we're going at each other like this. I just don't understand it. But for people that are price gouging like this, it's like, well, you took a risk, right? A risk reward type thing, but you didn't get rewarded on this one. No, it's the fear of the unknown with all this, Jerry. You know, people just don't know what's going to happen. And you, and if if something's the unknown, then that means you can't control it, right? So what you can control is I'm going to get myself a whole bunch of toilet paper so I don't have to worry about going without toilet paper. And what you can control is I'm going to go get myself a whole lot of food so that I don't have to worry about running out of food. So we do all these little things as human beings to to, to try and make ourselves feel better and like, hey, I can control this. So, you know, it's just human nature for people, you know, to react this way. But Look, I, I'm trying to still stay normal about it. I, I went and had lunch, you know, at a local Mexican food restaurant on the patio the other day. And, you know, I'm trying to still kind of, you know, live my life. Just be smart. You know, wash your hands. You know, try and stay back from people. Don't cough on people. And, you know, because I'm not just going to hide in my house for the next two months. You know what I mean? No, They're, you can't do that no. either. You got to live life. Right. But not go out there and live life behind a, a, a toilet paper world. Like, again, I don't know what the... The thought and reasoning behind that, I think it was a, a copycat thing. It, some people saw a toilet paper, and they started thinking, well, I need to be prepared. Right. And, you know, yeah, if you are, you know, you have to stay in your house for a couple of weeks, you need to have, you know, what you need. But you don't need, you know, 15 <laughs> packages of toilet paper to make it through two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need that much. So, I don't know. I hope it's getting better. And it, it feels like there's a, there's plenty of supplies. And I'm seeing on Twitter, too, all the truck drivers are really cleaning up during this time because all the supplies are getting bought up at the store. So there's more need for truck drivers to, you know, go back to those stores and replenish the supply of groceries. Now, we talk about money and who's losing out. So as a rule of thumb, the NBA makes an average of $1.2 million at the gate per every regular season game, $2 million per playoff game. With 259 of the 1,230 regular season games remaining, they're losing out at about $300 million of ticket revenue. So that's the numbers that sit in front of us, and that's why I guess they're – once you know that that got canceled and, and you saw that everything – they had just come out and said, we're going to play behind closed doors if we got to. But as soon as one of the players became right. infected, it's like, okay, we got to put a stop to this. Now, the playoff games – each, um, it's about another $166 million in losses because of the way it pans out. Nearly $500 million is what they lose, and now they're trying to say, where do we pick back up? 
Do you think that the NBA should pick back up because some are using this theory? Why don't we just pick up in the playoffs? Wherever the seating is now, that's where we started. How does that sound to you? We did a video on SportsMap about the NBA and how they should handle this. And, you know, we had Joel Blank do the video, and he's like, I think we should just, whatever the standings are now that we've suspended play, those should be the standings when the, the league picks back up again, and those are the playoff standings. So he's thinking wherever, you know, you're slotted right now, you know, when we come back in, in April or May and start the season, and start the playoffs right there and, and just go. And if that was the case, uh, the Rockets would be, pl- be playing the Nuggets, which I'm actually okay with, you know, and I think you – know, I think they have a shot in that matchup. And then after that, they would likely play the Mavericks or the Clippers, whoever wins that. And then at least you stay out of that bracket to where you don't have to play the Lakers until you're in the Western Conference Finals if it comes to that. But, yeah, that makes sense to me because if you try and push it back even further, you don't want to start running into the NFL season you know, with, with all the playoff games going later. It's like just go ahead and scrap the regular season, start the playoffs with the standings the way they are now whenever it's deemed – that they can play again and just go. I have no problem with that. We've seen years where there's, you know, been lockouts and stuff like that where the NBA didn't play all their games. And you also don't want to get to the point where they're trying to squeeze in all these games they missed and they're playing back to back to back to back games. You know, that's not good when you're trying to keep, you know, Russell Westbrook fresh for the playoffs. No, you uh, make a good point. It's, I, I still want to see the season finished. Yeah. Now, whether some teams will consider maybe a little asterisk next to it because they maybe would have made the playoffs. Yeah, perhaps. But I still want to see this season finished out. I'm still curious about a lot of things. We didn't get any answers as far as I can't take a whole offseason of not knowing who won out of the Rockets and Lakers in the Western. You know what I mean? Or, or, or I'm sorry, the Lakers and Clippers. Who came out of L.A.? Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see what this Rockets ball is going to do in a seven-game series. I'm still curious about a lot of that. And people might say, man, that's that's selfish. You're thinking about yourself. But I'm thinking, you know, let it blow over five, six weeks. and pick, Puts us maybe a little bit behind of where the playoffs would have been. And go from there. But at the end of the day, I think that this season has to be finished out. And I see a, like, a lot of NBA uh, owners are, are agreeing. They want to see it played out at some point. Of course they do because they lose out on all that revenue from all those games in their building. You know, that hurts them financially. But what is it, like 18 games or something is left, something like that? They would make that 188 still approximately of what they make. Uh, and that's just approximately of what teams make at the gate of playoff games, $188 million. But that's, that beats beating, uh, losing out on that close. Close to 500 million because we said that they're going to lose about 300 million in regular season uh, gate. You know what's funny about this is I almost feel like it's a blessing a little bit because we hear that not the coronavirus, but I mean the shortening of the season. How many times do you hear people say the baseball season's too long, the NBA season's too long? You know I agree with that. I, I think there's too many games in the, the MLB season, 162, and I think there's too many in the NBA as well. So I think this might be a nice experiment just to see what it's like. You know, maybe to have less games. Now, we don't know with Major League Baseball. They're just delaying the start of the season. But, you know, I'm kind of for it. I feel like there's too many regular season games anyway. That's why I'd rather just call the regular season over when they say, you know, it's safe for everybody in the NBA to start up again, start the playoffs. Because that's what I want to see anyway. And most, let's be honest, like the first round of the playoffs when you watch the Rockets, a lot of times we don't even really talk about it or cover it that much because you know they're going to go beat the Timberwolves. And people don't get into it until you're getting close to the conference finals. So I'm like, let's just roll with the playoffs. And one other thing is this might actually help Houston teams in a way. 
is one, the Rockets are going to have some time to rest Harden and Westbrook. You know, we've we've seen that. We've worried if James was truly healthy the last few weeks. There, this has given him some downtime to where he's not having to play all the time. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. For the Astros, Justin Verlander, he was going to miss his start to, to begin that's, the season. Yeah, that's right? perfect. With this lat injury, and now you got extra time. Maybe Verlander gets fully healthy by the time they start MLB. So, you know, there might be – and the other thing as far as – you know, we're worried about, you know, all the Astros and the, the opposing stands booing them, right, and, and giving them the business and all the beanballs. Well, this gives a chance to where that's going to die down a little bit, you know, and, and if there aren't any fans in the stands when they go on the road, they're not going to be heckled and booed. You know, so, I mean, there is some stuff here that, that might actually help you. Astro fans. sign a petition or start a petition that the MLB season should be played with no fans. No fans. The, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, the Astros came up with this. I wonder why. They're being blamed for coronavirus on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, Lord. If you're out there, if, if you're one of those guys, get a hold of yourself because this is getting out of hand. No doubt about it. But it, it, it is interesting that, you know, this might actually help them. And, and one other point that Brandon made the other day, he works up here with us. By the time baseball is back going again and we've missed out on sports for weeks and weeks and weeks, a lot of the fans are probably just going to be excited we're getting back to normal, you know, and games are being played. And maybe it won't be as, you know, they're all pissed off at the Astros. Maybe they'll just appreciate that we're getting to watch sports again. Yeah, I don't care if you cheated on yeah, me, your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. You're like, I'm just glad you're back. Right. I don't care if you cheated me. Bygones are bygones. Yep. You're a different person. But we'll stay the same here for the next 30 minutes. We got bets. No, a bet. Singular. But that's all I got for you. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. From the exterminator, but in a calm manner. Because I'm a smooth operator. G'day, mate. This is Sam Windsor of the Houston Sabercats. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. is money line on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com presented by my bookie live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan welcome back to money line on a mysterious Sunday morning not that much gambling but I do have a little something I'm going to take you to Mexico before we get out of here but on the theme of gambling and to stay true to this particular show I wanted to bring up one of the, I would say, greatest gambling stories, but I'm not even going to put greatest to this because it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of eerie, and it's kind of, I say eerie because to know that this is going on in the NBA probably right now, or you know, not that they're right now that they're not playing, but in today's NBA. And this story, it's going to ring a bell in your ears. It involves one Gilbert Arenas and the gambling incident that happened years back, right? So I started reading into the story because right now that everyone's bored, random stories are being brought up and details, and I got really into this one, and I didn't know a lot about this. Just let's start with this. A lot of my Louisiana people out there are probably going to say, Jerry, you're supposed to be a gambler. You don't know how to play Boure? I don't know. I do not know how to play Boure. I didn't know that that's what the NBA players play. Supposedly, it's a form of, I guess you could say, like poker. It's played with the 52-card deck. Um Whatever it is, that's what NBA players play. So, if we go back in time, there's a story with Javarius Crittenton. 
and Gilbert Arenas. And it goes back to a time when they were playing this called game, this variation of poker. And if you remember back in the day, there was a what was heard was that eventually Arenas showed up to the uh, to the facilities with guns. <laughs> OK, and the story starts with them playing this game all the time. And there's been players that are playing right now. For example, Zach Levine comes out and he said that they'd rather play Ray than go to the club. OK, he said it really makes you lock in and think we play that we play that game at least three or four times a week. We play it on the road. We play it at uh, home. We'll play five, six hours. And he's talking about NBA players. This is what they still do. So going back to that time, what uh, I don't want to get into the to the details of or, or then how you play the game. But basically, the pot keeps building up until somebody pulls it off and, and takes it uh, all down. But it can, can, can sit there and pull up or build up consecutively, not like how poker, how every hand, it starts back at zero mm. and you go from there. This one can can progressively grow. So Gilbert Arenas is on an airplane, halfway sleeping. He usually, this is right around the time that he signed that plus $100 million contract. So he's in there playing with fat pockets, while some of these players are on 1.5 million deals, some are on league minimum. Chip bully, <laughs> exactly. Chip bullying. So people said that he was known as that guy in the locker room. Well, one instance, Javel McGee is on this airplane with one said rookie at the time, Javarius Crinton, uh, Crinton, right? And they get to playing. This pot keeps building up, building up, and here comes the bully of Arenas. He overhears this pot building up and he gets in on it well he gets in on it and basically only one person can win out of the three but then say say there's three people there's one winner one person pays the pot and then the dude that got second doesn't have to pay anything so in this particular situation the pot gets big gilbert arenas says he looks over at javel mcgee and he he reads mcgee's looking at somebody on the plane telling him like man i got a real good hand so he figures Man, McGee's going to win this. I'm going to build this pot so the, so the rookie keeps losing bigger money. That's exactly what happens. Before you know it, Crinton, Crittenton is down over 10 grand. <laughs> All of a sudden, McGee says, man, I don't even feel like playing no more. I'm going to take my winnings. And he takes the money off the table. Well, of course, if you don't give this guy his chance to get the money back, that's when problems happen. Yep. And that's when the rookie started talking mess. He told McGee, you can't do me like that. I'll shoot y'all. At which time Gilbert Arena says, you'll shoot us. I'll put you in a car, light that car on fire, and watch you hope that I fire extinguish it. <laughs> That's what Arena tells him. That escalated quickly. Quickly. And this is between teammates flying between games. What happens after that? The next time they have a practice, Gilbert Arena shows up with some guns. Sets them on the table and says... You were going to shoot us. Well, here you go. Shoot. What kind of story is this, Josh? I mean, these are professional players, and to think that this is still going on probably right now. Oh, I'm sure. Dude, these guys like to gamble. We like to gamble, but th- that's the problem, though, right? You don't want to sit down at a cash game that you don't belong in, and this is what it sounds like he Big did. bank take little yeah. bank. In 2011... O.J. Mayo and uh, uh, Tony Allen were playing the same game of Bouray, at which time Mayo owed Allen 7500 Mayo started running his mouth and got a two-piece with no biscuit from Tony Allen. Bing, bing, sit out <laughs> over a game 
of Bull Ray. I don't know where I've been my entire yeah, life. Yeah, what are we doing with our lives? But people are playing Bull Ray that eventually ended up in someone showing up with pistols. Now that stories are coming up of this game and people are telling them their stories about it. People are saying that that Celtics team that had Garnett, Allen, and Pierce, somebody lost a Rolls Royce to a game of Bull Ray between them three. That's funny you bring that up. I just saw that Sandler movie, Uncut Gems, and you know, KG's in that movie. And the movie is basically about Sandler just being this degenerate, you know, gambler that's, you know, pawning jewelry and rings to go, you know, bet money on the Celtics and, you know, taking whatever he gets out of that to, you know, he's basically robbing Peter to pay Paul. And, you know, eventually, you know, he gets caught up in it. And it's funny that you bring up KG. I bet he he brought some stories to that. And it was pre- I thought he did a pretty good job in the movie. I, I definitely recommend checking it out. I mean, we talk about gambling all the time and there's a ton of gambling in that movie. And I thought KG did a good job. So that doesn't surprise me. And it's funny to hear Arenas thinking of it because, like he says, those teams, the Garnett, Allen, and Pierce team, do you think they were worried about the actual – they have money. Oh, yeah. They're not worried about the actual money. He said it became of taking these guys' souls, like these, these guys that didn't have money and they wanted to step up to us and we knew we had more bank so we would take their money. You think, man, Gilbert Arenas, that's cold-blooded. It is, man, because he, he cashed in. Wasn't it like hibachi? That was like his catchphrase or something like that. But, look, people are going to take advantage when they can. We always talk about it. If you can't afford to, to place that bet, don't place it. House always wins, too. So, yeah. apparently, um, when you're the house on here, then you have the advantage. And then start thinking, you know, when I started playing poker, it wasn't – Texas Hold'em all the time. It would be dealer calls it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You remember that? You'd play with your buddies, and you would have your deck of cards. Whoever had the deck would be like, all right, I'm calling it. And this person would be like, all right, we're going to play five-card draw. Seven-card stud or exactly. Omaha or whatever. Or in between, yeah. screw your neighbor. Yeah. There's guys out there right now thinking, man, I remember screw your neighbor. So once you once it came to me, I remember I started trying to break the code because once I started realizing gambling and odds, I started thinking, well, Blackjack, let me call Blackjack. And people started thinking, man, we don't even play Blackjack. Uh-huh. What are you talking about? I'm thinking, yeah, Blackjack. Every time it was my turn to deal, yeah. I'm like, Blackjack, to That's give smart. yourself the yeah, odds. Before, why not? Before you knew it, years down the line, out of the nine people, six of them were picking Blackjack. <laughs> we were playing Blackjack instead of poker. See what I'm saying? So I do. It's just, uh, it's just, and if you never played in between, man, I've seen the craziest things. I lost a, um, and that's when I, I guess, made me the compulsive gambler I am now. In at, between? And, and, and playing in between. If you don't know, yeah. the dealer flips one card, and then he flips another card. And then you say it's a three and a ten. Then you bet however much you want if out of the pot in, that it's yeah. going to come in between those cards. Well, take me to my childhood. I used to collect baseball and football cards, you know, religiously. So we have a poker game. We used to bet our cards. At my house, we have this game. First card comes out, it's an ace. When the first card comes out, it's an ace, you can call it high or low. If you say low, it counts as a one. If you say it's high, it counts as the highest card in the deck. So say it comes out, boom, I call low. Next card comes out, it's an ace. So there's two aces. Mm-hmm. I cannot possibly lose unless another ace comes out. Mm-hmm. Another ace another comes Another ace out. came out. <laughs> I bet the pot. The pot at the time being my Deion Sanders rookie collection of cards. Ooh, no. With the binder. <laughs> with the binder. You know, the binder was I crucial. I know that the binder was very crucial. If you showed up with the binder with the cards in the sleeve, you know this man is organized. Then yes. you had that one friend that would be like, 
man, I got this Lawrence Taylor car. And he pull it out of his pocket. With a rubber band around yeah, it and a stack of other cars. <laughs> all bent and faded, you know. And, yep. he, and he thinks that it would have the same worth as a, as a car that's in good condition. So, again, in binder. And then on one page, I had two Barry Sanders. Ooh. So, as soon as that ace came out, I'm like, low. Next card, ace. Well, mm. push the pot. All the cards. Boom, ace. I said, there's no way. I grabbed my cards. I put them on. I said, I mean, you're going to have to take me with them. <laughs> so then I make a big commotion. Remember, we were kids. My mom comes out, man, what's going on out here? Whatever. I pull the mom card. They're like, all right, well, let's just redo it. Bro, I'm not lying to you. People are going to say there's no possible way. An ace comes out. I call it low. Another ace comes out. And another ace comes out. And I lose my whole collection. Ooh. I'm going to have to get somebody on the phone that was there from my childhood. They're probably listening right now. If you're listening, call in. That happened. At which point, my friend grabbed the, the binder and started taking the cards out and says, you can keep your binder, but we're taking all these cards. At which point, I went and grabbed my mom. And I said, Mom, you got to kick everybody out before they take these cards. <laughs> you kick everybody out. And that's how the game ended. I lost all my cards, but about three or four that they didn't have time to take before my mom came out there with the chancla. You don't mess when the mom pulls out the chancla. She came out there, hey, don't say They left with my cards, and that's the story I have left of in between. Oh, man. And you learned at, a, at an early age. And that's why I've been composing. I've been chasing those Barry Sanders cards, Deion Sanders cards my entire life. I've been chasing them. And I'm going to chase this Mexican soccer game. I've teased it this entire time. Last segment, it's coming. Drop a bomb on it. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Take all that shit up with P and his bro. I wish you the best. Let me know how it goes. Want to be free and I want to let go. We came around and you showed us the most. I know. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Forget about the NBA. Forget about baseball being delayed for a couple weeks. I got the curling whale play of the day. That's right. Curling whale play of the day. I've been studying curling all day. Also, the $99 badminton package, $99 cricket pack. That's right. If you're a beginner, get the $9 cricket or $99 badminton package. But if you want to treat this like a business, get the curling whale play. Swipe the up. Click the link in the bio. Curling, baby. Let's go. Curling, baby. Let's go. And that's what one Vegas Dave said on Twitter. There's actually guys out there selling curling picks. Like I said, I've been of degenerate of all types of gambling. Chariot races. I've had chariot races. Uh, a little bit of everything. Like I said, the other day, I tried virtual camel racing because I saw Bavada had it. I said, you know what? Let me throw a little $7 on, on a camel. Um, but now we're getting to curling and selling Selling, so who's buying these picks? Someone's out there buying them for somebody is for the low price of ninety nine ninety nine for one day subscription. You can get Vegas Dave's curling picks. The other day he went two and zero on archery. <laughs> archery, like man, be careful what you do out there. Seriously, money liners. If you're out there listening, there's going to be a lot of a lot of randomness going on, and 
at least I'm out here dipping into some of these weird soccer leagues, but at least I could say, man, I bet soccer. Yeah, that's not a stretch for you. You know what I mean? I bet sometimes some of these lower leagues, maybe not all the way where I'm going, but I bet those leagues. But to me to just come up and tell you that I'm going to start betting curling, you would look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> Archery? And charging for it. What <laughs> yeah. if I say, you know what? $100? $100? And there's people buying this? There has to be. That just tells you, oh, man, that... What are you doing with your life? You're paying $100 to Vegas Dave to get archery picks. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, but he's just acting like he does. And I'm going to act like I know what I'm doing here. And I'm going to go to Santos against Nakaxa. And I'm going to give you the over first half in the uh, over one in the first half. These two teams, they score pretty well. The Mexican League is only nine games in. Santos, 12 goals, 4-13 against. Nakaxa, same thing. Nine games in, 16-4-14 against. I look for goals here. I like over two and a half, small, but I like over one in the first half. These teams both have scored in the first half at least one goal in the first half in each of the games this season for uh, Santos at home. Every game has had at least one goal in the first half. I believe that's going to happen here as well, and that's going to be my favorite play of the day. So again, we're limited to what we got. I'm not going to sit here and try to fake the funk and say that I'm I'm the biggest Mexico uh, Liga F- MAX fan, but from what I know, I play spots, I play positions, and I figure that this is a good one. So if you lose, I lose. If I win, you win. So let's keep this going. Let's keep it together because we've been kind of hot over the last weeks, and we hope to keep it that way. But for the rest of the show, let's give you some. We gave you the money, now let's give you some funnies because you got a few. All right, how about this one? Pornhub's premium content is free all month to Italians stuck in the coronavirus lockdown. So while you're stuck at home with nothing to do, free porn, Jerry. Then there's that guy that says, man, I've been waiting for this. Like, I don't even need to be under quarantine. We should do this all the time. But why don't they show the love to the U.S.? I, I don't know. Well, maybe because do you want to give free porn to people that are running out of hand sanitizer and toilet paper? You know what I mean? Seems like that might kind of make the problem even worse. I have a lot to say, but I got to <laughs> keep my job, so I'm not going to say it. Let me take you to another story this week that there's certain people in the world that when they walk into a room, most of you are going to know who they are. And Ronaldinho, okay, when he walks in, he's got a certain type of a look. And even if you don't know him, like if you're like, man, who's Ronaldinho? Once you go Google him, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Once you see him, you're going to know him, although if you don't know him by name. Well, he was arrested this week or stopped at the airport and then arrested for using a fake ID or, or a passport that wasn't his in Paraguay, which is in South America as well. So first off, you figured maybe if he tried that somewhere at random. But then again, it's Ronaldinho. When he walks into a place, I guarantee you the guy that took that passport's more worrying about like, man, this is Ronaldinho. What in the world would possess him to think that he's going to get away or or what's the the need for this, first off? But then I wondered, what is jail like for Ronaldinho in Paraguay? Because that jail system in there in Paraguay has got to be bad, South America overall, but there as well. Then I started thinking, man, let me read into this. And the first thing that I found when I typed in Ronaldinho jail, they had a stat score. They, they had a box score. And they played a get to a little, little scrimmage inside jail. Uh, five goals, six assists for, for Ronaldinho <laughs> and a yellow card for arguing. But uh, that, uh, honestly, that's what I read. So uh, Ronaldinho's okay. He's uh, he's still playing soccer. And for whatever reason, he tried to get away with a fake passport. And uh, we'll have more coming to with that story in the f- upcoming weeks because I don't understand what he's doing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what a lot of people are doing. This one makes sense. Uh, Florida man. 
busted for stealing his neighbor's toilet paper. Uh, can we be surprised by this anymore? It was uh, about a 1 a.m. theft of uh, two-ply bath tissue. At least he's stealing the good stuff there, Jerry. Uh, police allege that this 25-year-old burglarized, <laughs> burglarized a Dodge truck parked in the driveway a few blocks from his house, and he was recorded on one of those ring video surveillance cameras that are on you know, the little doorbell things. So he gets videoed stealing a six-pack of smart and simple bath tissue. A pack of toilet paper, perhaps the cheapest brand on the market, sells for a dollar at the Dollar General. So... Guys breaking into his neighbor's Dodge pickup truck and stealing toilet paper out of the back. And in Florida. I mean, where else, right? I have a feeling that that's not the last story of that type that we're going to hear because... No. You, you see, I saw a man, some lady, and she wasn't exactly young, but I, I put her, let's say, in her mid-40s, right? M- maybe late 30s. And then there, she has a cart full of toilet paper. I'm talking about to where it's st- stacking over it. Yeah, And then the whole lady, she's got one pack of toilet paper she's trying to get hands, and the lady's trying to pull it away from her. <laughs> Throws like a little elbow, a flagrant foul. I, people are losing their minds. Losing their minds. One guy's in jail from last night at the Walmart off the strip, or close to the strip in Vegas. My man walked in with a yellow hazmat suit. So everyone's thinking, what's this guy doing? He's a weirdo. Then pulls out a spray bottle, which has... Nobody knows what was written on it yet because they couldn't get close enough to him, but it was handwritten, whatever he had on there. And he started spraying people with clear liquids. Started spraying people, at which time the cops tried to come. He took off. Bystanders chased him down in cars because they wanted to get a hold of this. They blocked him in so he couldn't get out, and then the cops arrested him in a hazmat suit. There's videos of this guy with the with the, some of the suits still on and his hands behind his back. That's what we've come to right now in America. It has come to this, and not even America, in the world. No, oh, yeah, I mean it's everywhere right now. But and we've seen it, you know, with Rudy Gobert. GC finally came out and apologized for, you know, basically, you know, not taking this thing. Five hundred thousand. Yeah. You should throw down the rest of this right. this year's salary. That's what he donated, and I'm going to demote myself to the big three. Yeah, he's trying to, you know. You know, get the positive image going, giving away a half million to help the employees of the, you know, in the coronavirus relief. We're seeing some other guys do that too. I think uh, George Springer locally and Alex Bregman have doing some charitable things as well. So, you know, it's nice to see that they're at least they didn't do like Rudy Gobert. We're not blaming MLB for shutting down because Springer and you know Bregman, you know, past coronavirus. They're just getting out in front of it and and trying to help and give back. So. You know, it'd be nice to see, you know, more players do that because, you know, you know a lot of these stadiums, a lot of these workers, they're not going to have games, you know, to, to sell beer or whatever their job is. And it's going to be hard on a lot of people. Let's make Zion Rookie of the Year yeah, for what that. he did. And let's make Mark Cuban president of the United States for what he's doing. Because not only did he say he was going to reimburse, I saw his latest one. And he said, if you still shop local. And I guess I don't know the steps of having prove it or showing it that he's going to start buying lunches and dinners or whatnot. So he wants you to make sure that you stick money to the to the local uh, groups and restaurants that are hurting right now. So make sure if you're listening out there right now, try to do that as well. Yes, I'm, I'm a little skeptical as well uh, on certain things and I'm, I'm a little scared. But at the same time, don't turn into a zombie because there's still some people that need to eat out there. There are, and there's you know people that work in these restaurants, and you know so you know take care of these people. They're they're taking some risks serving you food and, and going to work. You know so 
they do a good job, you know, give them a good tip. And, and yeah, and you can't spend the rest of your life inside your house. You know, it's you can still go to a restaurant and, and have some normalcy in your life. Have some normalcy in your life. Hope I gave you enough tips, not just Corona-wise, but I hope I gave you a winning one that goes down in Mexico. If you missed that, make sure to check us out at Podcast Arena. If you check that out, make sure to check us out every single week because this is what we do. It's going to be a little bit of different be the, uh, the next few weeks because we don't have any sports. But I'll dig up some winners, and Josh will dig up some funnies. And if not, the guy behind the glass is going to keep doing push-ups. And that's all I got for you. Ladies, his name's Andrew Carlson Radio on Twitter. Peace. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. ACA could be tweaked, reformed, or repealed in the future. But for now, employers must comply. Visit hrp.net for help.